So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. I'm Izzy, and I am overjoyed to be joined with my guest today. She is doing such dope stuff at Adidas, but then also with her mural work and her creative work in general. She's really paving the path for people that look like us, and I'm super excited to have her on. So, Bernadette, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. We had a discussion. If somebody, if anybody's listened to the pod at all, you might hear her voice at some point in a previous episode, a conversation with Adidas. Super dope, but I feel like, and the reason why I reached out, just let you know, like, I felt like that conversation needed to be a conversation in its own. And I'm super excited to have you on. So um, for the people that don't know who you are, that maybe missed that episode or anything like that, you want to give a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you do? For sure. Well, I'm Bernadette Little, but everybody calls me Bernie. Uh, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, went to school in Detroit, and then found myself out here in Portland doing um, art direction and graphic design for Adidas. And I actually studied illustration for school, and I kind of keep that alive and well um, during some murals in the community with some wonderful and amazing uh, local BIPOC artists on some really cool projects. Since being in Detroit, and uh, like, tell me about the time then to today. Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of a crazy, wild ride. So I graduated college in Detroit, and... Um, had an internship set up with Adidas. I would say in about like 2015, 16. Um, I had done a previous shorter one with them and then needed to go back to school, obviously, but had a second one out of school. Um, worked there technically on the same team, but like the company changes so much, we were doing something completely different. Like I was actually like 3D modeling like spaces for them, like randomly, <laughs> like, <laughs> which is crazy. But, um, so did that. There was no job available after that. So I flew home um, and then me and some college friends were lucky enough to get an apprenticeship at Reebok. And so there we were on the graphic tees team and that was for about a year. And unfortunately, again, there was no job at the end of that. And actually they went through a massive round of layoffs, which was insane to be at a company where they were doing that as an intern. Um, and then I was back home on my mom and dad's couch for a couple months, just kind of twiddling my thumbs, trying to see what was happening, freelancing a little bit. And then I applied for this Adidas program called the Design Academy, which is a really cool program where they basically fly you out to Germany for the interview. And um, it's kind of like you're on a reality TV show, really. Like, they put you with a group of kids from, like, all over the world. You guys have the design competition. And at the end of it, if you get into the program, you then spend, like, six-month stints in their different locations around the world, learning different things about design. Super cool. People should definitely check it out. I made it to the, yeah, I made it to the last round, but unfortunately did not get into the program. Um... But I was contacted by my old team and they were sort of like, hey, Bernie, there's a full time position here if you want to take it. And I was like, for sure. <laughs> um, so moved from Maryland back to Portland and started working on the global brand design team. And initially I was working on a segment of the global brand design team that did our um, 
like seasonal photography. So they have like the artist collabs, like the Ivy Parks and the like Pharrell collabs, but we did the kind of like more normal photography um, for basically all of our sports uh, business units. So we would go out maybe like every six months and go on a month long photo shoot in China or Cape Town or New York um, and get all the content that they needed for that season for like our kind of like um, normal uh, clothing ranges. Um, and then the company got reorganized and I am on the team that I currently am now where we kind of help craft the look, feel and tone of the overall brand direction for the uh, company. And we have partner teams in Germany and Amsterdam. So basically we just look at um, the photography, video and copywriting for the brand and try to make sure everything's consistent and innovative and looks cool. Damn. That was kind of long, that. but. <laughs> no, that's dope. That's dope. That, that gives us the full gist of the background and everything that you've done. Was there a time when even like, I'm guessing there was, but you come back from that Adidas internship without a job, then mm. you get the Reebok apprenticeship and you're like, okay, maybe there's a job at the end of this. Like, mm. and then there wasn't, was there a time that you really started to doubt like the field that you went into? Oh, a thousand percent. Like, how'd you deal with that? I mean, honestly, I'm just stubborn and kept at it. And it was really, <laughs> <laughs> it was really helpful to be back home at that point in time. Cause then my family was always super motivating. They were like, you know, maybe this avenue won't work out, but maybe you can use your skills in something unexpected or, you know, just try to keep me motivated to apply for jobs. And like I was saying, I was freelancing at this point. So like I saw I could make a little money doing it, but I really had doubts as to whether I could fully support myself. But yeah, my family played a big role in, and my friends helped play a big role in keeping me motivated. Damn. That circle was just perfect. How how do you, I think as uh, people of color, we have to really keep that circle tight-knit um, because sometimes uh, just different outside influences can get super, super negative. How would you make sure that that circle was people that were constantly pushing you forward as a creative and not someone that says, Hey, Bernie, maybe this isn't the right thing for you. Um, maybe you should do something else completely rather than believing in you. Yeah, no, I mean, that is so true. It is it is kind of tough to like decipher who you should let in and who you shouldn't because like, you know, you are the people that you hang around, really. Um, mm -hmm. For me, um, I'm lucky in that I have I've kept in contact with a lot of my good friends from like high school, even middle school who have grown up with me, who's been along on this journey with me and They've known me for so long. They know exactly like, you know, when people just get you, they like know exactly what to say to motivate you. They know exactly how to call you out when you're doing some like BS. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. so I've been lucky enough to like always have a really so solid foundation of friends, even since I was younger. So, and they always kind of help me gauge who should be let into the circle and who should not. <laughs> <laughs> That's They're dope. like, uh, uh, they don't pass the vibe check. Don't hang out with them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's super dope. So your time um, with Adidas, like you, you're out in Portland. Mm -hmm. A lot of people of color need that side hustle and that thing that, that really gets them motivated uh, mm -hmm. to keep kind of going. 
Is that is your mural work really your creative juice in a sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, it has really evolved into that. I kind of got into it accidentally. Like I was collaborating with another local artist and designer and activist whose name is Salome. Super, super dope. Amazing work. And we just happened to know each other through mutual friends. And she was like, hey, um, you know, I just have this space with these boards. Would you like to come and paint something? She knew I like painted in my free time. Um, it wasn't paid, you know, it, we got like a sponsorship from Miller, but it wasn't like, you know, anybody was making a profit, but it was a space to kind of express yourself in like a public large format. Um, so yeah, that kind of kicked it all off. And ever since, yeah, it has kind of been that, like that thing that kind of gets my creative juices flowing outside of work because work can be so draining. And like when your passion also becomes your career, it's kind of, it can be kind of difficult to keep motivated at times to do your own personal work because it is so draining creatively. Mm -hmm. But I think because mural work is so collaborative, it kind of like helps keep that those juices flowing. It helps like, you know, um, especially when you see like somebody on the street and you're painting and like maybe there's like like I remember there was this one moment there was this little black girl and I was painting a mural with um, some other friends uh, on a school and this little black girl came and she just watched me for like 10, 15 minutes. Like, and it's like little moments like that even when you're working with people who you know are true allies, who you know are down for the cause and you can see somebody who looks like you, especially in a city like Portland, kind mm -hmm. of like observing and taking in what you're doing. Like the whole experience like really fuels, fuels that for me creatively. As a, as a creative, and seeing where you are today, what would you tell if you had the chance to kind of travel back in time and, and talk to that Bernie that was sitting at sitting on mom and dad's couch? <laughs> what would you tell her? Honestly, just keep going. Keep I like just keep riding the wave. There's going to be ups and downs and those. And that's going to like fuel you for, you know, when everything eventually pays off. Um like it's funny i was just listening to this podcast with this woman who works with a bunch of um very affluent people right mm -hmm. and she was saying that they're not smarter their ideas aren't necessarily the best you know some of them were born with a silver spoon in their mouth some weren't but the most distinguishing thing that put them you know in that upper echelon was that they did not give up and i think that's really important feedback and feedback I would constantly tell my younger self and others because you know people around you are going to talk you down you're going to talk yourself down but if you really really believe in your ability and that this is the right thing and this is what you should be doing do not give up it will pay off eventually how do you deal with creative block yeah honestly most often I just kind of like I call them like little music naps so I'll put on some headphones and like lay down and kind of vibe out for a second <laughs> or I'll like go for a walk or I'm also in school right now. So that honestly really helps creatively because I'm studying organizational leadership, which really has nothing to do with the arts, <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many like um, theories and just like different aspects of it that like, it's kind of a really interesting exercise for myself to see how that can influence my artistic work or my work at, or my design work at work. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I keep it going. And I also always have a sketchbook. So I mm, really, I like yeah, that. 
even if I'm just like moving my hand in the sketchbook, usually something comes out of that. You yeah. Know? The um, the school thing. Mm-hmm. I want to hit on that a little bit because there's a lot of creatives today, whether young or or old or uh, in between, mm-hmm. that are kind of at odds with the whole school thing going and getting that piece of paper so i we've heard it all on this this podcast from not go at all to go and get your masters where where do you land on that spectrum i mean i think it's honestly a really personal decision i -hmm. can definitely see why somebody would not want to go to school especially nowadays when um information is so accessible um I think the benefit of school more so than the like technical things that you learn, because if you find a good mentor or like a good circle, you could also learn a lot of those things. But school provides like a, um, a, a structure for you to learn those things that I think is really important. And if you don't have the personality to self motivate, doing that outside of like a structure might be very hard if you want to get to the, to a certain level. And also, Um, one of the things I find most important in building my own personal career and making just connections in general is your network. And I think school, which is a little bit more difficult now, I can understand with COVID and everything. But for me, the introduction to a network of people that were doing good things in their life or making, trying to make, you know, um, changes in like upward mobility, um, I feel like that was also a super useful part of going to school. So if you think you can achieve those things without the like hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, be, do it. <laughs> like <laughs> nobody needs all that, <laughs> especially in the States. Like, you know, I went to a private school and that that's not cheap, you know, yeah. so I totally get it. Um, but if you don't find yourself, like you just have to be honest with yourself. If you're not going to be self-motivated enough to do it or to put yourself in a circle of people who will help to encourage you to do it, then you might want to give some thought to being, if not in a, like a university or some type of program, maybe an associates or something to at least put you in a structure so that you can learn. What's been your experience as a person of color looking, not only like in Adidas right now, but then looking before, looking for that job and, and trying to find that job to break a, into the industry? Yeah, well, yeah, it's an interesting thing because I feel like obviously so much of the sportswear and like the culture around it is so built around the culture of people of color. But once you get into these big corporations, you'll find that like the people behind the doors are not reflective of that. Um, Mm -hmm. That's been my experience. I have to say recently, I think things have been changing very 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 slowly but i've noticed some changes like um and i don't think it's changing as fast as you know companies would like to lead you to believe to be honest like yeah the stakeholders the people the decision makers you know those tables may have added one person of color one woman but like that is not enough to create an equitable and fair and balanced playing field you know yeah so more needs to be done um but yeah, my personal experience has been very isolating at times, especially in Portland, where like, I think it was what, like 90% of the city is white. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, the most diversity I would get is going to work, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. 
Like yeah. I could go for like like if I didn't go in the office, it wouldn't be strange for me to like go like a couple of days without seeing a single other person of color. I'm not even talking about other black folk. I'm just talking about a person of color, period. Like, yeah, it can be very isolating. But to that point, there are so many people of color working behind the scenes to try to change that and to try to make um, these opportunities more accessible. Um, so I definitely want to give them props as well. Like there are people here who are doing the work to try to change it. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like I was saying, it can be a it can be very stressful at times when you're in a room of people who just kind of don't understand where you're coming from, who don't understand the culture you're coming from, who don't understand your references or they're making references that everybody gets. And you're like, I have never in my life seen that movie. I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know what band that is. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. So it's even down to the smallest, you know, ways to relate to people can be can be a little strange at times, but um, but you make it through, you figure out how to make it work. And you try to push people to, you know, make the space more equitable and give more people a seat at the table. From a young Bernie perspective, if you can, <laughs> if you can access that mind a little bit, back. How, yeah. <laughs> how, how important would that be to you? Like to look at a brand CEO, president or founder that is on a scale as, as Reebok is, Mm-hmm. and say damn they look like me i mean i think it would be pivotal like to because sometimes you can't see yourself in a space if you don't have an example right mm-hmm. um so i think it would be like really inspirational to see somebody who looked like me in a position of power like that now speaking through my my current lens yeah. i think it would be more impactful like that person really needs to show up like you're in this position now yeah what are you doing to help more people get in the door? What are you doing to help the communities that buy from your company? You know, you know more than the previous owner, like what our communities need. And you have, you know, you have the keys, you know, you have the money, you have the accessibility, you have the resources. So what are you gonna do to help support those communities that create the culture, that create the cool, that create the vibe that you profit off of? From uh, another standpoint, from uh, the race side in in brands, uh, you did mention, obviously, the, all these brands are capitalizing on black and brown culture. Right. So when we when we talk about that and we like if I were to ask you like, hey, what from the top of your head, like what's what's one thing that we can do tomorrow to make sure that these the same black and brown people that are being uh, taken advantage of in a sense mm-hmm. are also getting the opportunities that these other people are, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, one super easy thing would be to just like give credit where credit's due. Like if you were inspired by a young black designer, work with that young black designer. <laughs> or like yeah. if you were inspired by a young black photographer, put their name on your social media posts. Like that taste takes nothing, but you can change their lives, you know? Um, or if you did like your market research in this certain like neighborhood or with this certain group of people or whatever, like shout them out. Like just, yeah. just, just give them a platform. That would be something super easy that I don't see done enough, especially by these big brands that could be like life changing to people and it would cost them literally nothing. Yeah, it's free. So, Bernie, we've talked about a lot, but we didn't get into the future 
And I've been asking this question a lot, and it has people thinking. So I'll <laughs> ask you the same thing. What do you want to master next? Like, what's the next Ooh. endeavor for you? Wow, that's a good I might take that. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think I want to master honestly finding a balance in my life. Like, I feel like I work makes me happy. Working and learning and doing makes me really happy. It fulfills my soul to be able to create and provide other opportunities for people, for other people to create. Um, but in that, I think I've lost a little bit of finding a balance in my life and learning, you know, when to take a seat, honestly, when to, when to kind of relax. And I think that in itself is kind of like an art, like, or like master the art of living, you know, living well and prosperously yeah. <laughs> while still pursuing your passions. Um, so I think that's something I want to master. And I feel like I'm like stepping into the next chapter of my life where I'll be figuring out what that means to me. What makes you strange on purpose? I don't know. I'm just me. I'm a little weirdo. You know, I love like right now I have on like Star Wars socks and they don't match. Like, <laughs> you know, I like I don't know. I do these murals and then I love like CrossFit and like, I don't know. I'm just like a, a grab bag of interest. And I was lucky enough to have parents who, you know, were sometimes a little hesitant about, you know, their kind of like artsy fartsy daughter with her weird interests, <laughs> but they never deterred me from it. So yeah. I think that's kind of like my ability to own that and like really enjoy just kind of pursuing whatever interests me like creatively and in my life and it's kind of what makes me a little strange what uh how can people tune in how can people like find out more about your works find out more about you or follow along in your journey yeah people can follow my instagram at you can call me bernie <laughs> i have a website by the same uh handle you can call me bernie um that's primarily where i'm active like I try to stay on social media and stay active, but also take a little time to back off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can call me Bernie on Instagram and my website. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Thank you for listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. It helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 